0: Chapter 15 I don't understand the boy Alpin said as he took a seat at the table staring at his wife He reached with his hand and picked at the wick of a half spent candle sitting in the table's center Ina dunked a dirty plate in the wash tub and which boy is that she asked without lifting her eyes from the dishes Donald he's been acting odd and when i speak with him he closes up and says nothing Ina released her plate into the tub and dried her hands. She peered at Alpin, how do you expect him to behave when his father is leaving to fight a war? I don't expect him to crawl into a shell and play as if the world doesn't exist. Alpin, he's 10 years old. His father is going away to fight, and the last time you left, Ina paused, her eyes moistened. She wiped her eyes and took a deep breath. She started again, we are all scared, Alpin. Alpin he's afraid he'll never see you again, or his brothers. He wants to be with you. That's how young boys are, they want to be with their father. Ina, I understand, but what do you want me to do, the men will be here in six days. There is much to prepare. The barley, the sheep, the goats, these need tending. And Donald has been helping me. Ina walked to the table and sat next to her husband. He needs more from his father than an opportunity to do chores. You know him, he wants to be like the older boys. I should ask, have you seen him with his bow? He tells me he's been practicing and asks if you've noticed. Ina said. She paused, reading her husband's face, awaiting a response. You told Chorich the men would need more food for the days ahead. You could take Donald hunting and get the meat you need. Let him go with you. Alpin, He needs his father. Alpin stood and stepped to the window. He peered outside. Do you see him now? There he is, as if he heard you. He's shooting arrows at the tree, and using your scarf as a target. Ina rose and stood beside Alpin. See, that's all he does, every day. But I'll take a willow switch to him for using my scarf, Ina said and smirked. This is what I mean. He needs you. Alpin put his arm around Ina. The sight of the small boy shooting at his mother's scarf, seemed to lighten the tension of the day. You're right. He's been asking if I'd take him hunting before we leave. And he's even been sleeping with that bow of his the past several nights, Alpin said, allowing himself to chuckle. Nessa, and I will take care of things here. We'll tend to the animals and the barley. Maybe one of the boys could stay back to help, and we'll have some of the other men, too if we need them. Go, hunt with your son. He needs you." Alpin knew she was right. He left the window and turned to the door. He glanced back at Ina, Donald has been given a kind mother. He pushed the door open. I guess that makes up for having such a whelp of a father, he said with a smile and then walked out the door into Renton's sunshine. Get a big buck. I expect a feast when you return, Kenneth said to Donald, who sat high on his horse. The young boy beamed with excitement, as he prepared to leave with the men to hunt. Bring one home that's sweet to the tongue. Leave the bitter ones for the Picts, Aidan said. He and Kenneth laughed as they jeered their little bother. You can eat what you want, but the antlers will be mine, Donald said, dreaming of his prize. Father says that he'll show me how to clean a buck, he finished, his eyes aglow and his smile infectious. Come now, you'll have to silence your feet and steady your shot before you can boast of such a trophy, Chorich replied, mounted on his horse beside Donald. Together the two turned and trotted their horses toward the front of their home. Ina, Nessa, and Sianna stood outside, waiting to send them off with a satchel of apples and dry meat. Chorich bent down from atop his horse and kissed Siana. She kissed him back and then whispered in his ear. Ina and Nessa took turns hugging Donald's waist do well and listen to your father, Ina said. Yes, mother. I will, Donald replied. Kenneth and Aiden watched as their brothers said goodbye to the women. Alpin stopped his horse beside the two. You'll need to help your mother and keep an eye on things. As we discussed, we will be gone a night or two. The other men coming to Renton won't show up for another three or four days from now. Tend to the barley, and the animals. When we get back, Chorich and I and the others will help get the final things ready to head north. The grain bags are nearly full and the meat in the salt house should be ready to take. What do we do if the others show up early? Kenneth asked. Bunk them where you can, the house, the barn, the meeting hall. Put them where you need. Constantine will likely be the first to come with his men. We won't be long on the hunt. We'll watch things here, Hope. Donald gets his prize, Aidan replied. See you soon, father, Kenneth added. Goodbye, boys. Alpin tapped the side of his horse with his heels and moved ahead to Chorich and Donald. He called back, Be good. After the hunting party departed, Kenneth and Aidan walked into the barley field with tools in hand. For Kenneth, the chore of cutting barley didn't help much in taking his mind off Arabella. He missed her. He recalled how Chorich and Siana had said their goodbyes, and he scolded himself for how he'd treated Arabella. The more he worked, the more he thought of her. He didn't speak to Aidan much. Instead, he walked through the field and cut the barley, swinging his sickle one swing at a time. He swung the tool in a rhythmic fashion, carrying out the rehearsed motion over and over again, while images of Arabella drifted through his mind. He guessed she was helping her father, and probably scared for the days ahead. As the sun grew high in the sky, Kenneth and Aiden stopped to rest. The heat of the late spring day was warmer than usual. The two found shelter in the shade. Aiden claimed the large shade of the barn, and Kenneth sprawled beneath the willow tree next to it. They sat facing each other with little to say. Then the silence broke. What are you doing? Aiden said as he wiped the sweat from his brow. What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm taking a break. What are you doing? Kenneth replied. I'm asking, what are you doing here when Arabella is waiting for you in Cashel? Why did you send her off before we had to leave? Wisen up, Kenneth, she loves you and there's a chance you'll never see her again. Kenneth had no desire to discuss Arabella with his brother. He was bothered enough with himself, and this was a time to rest from work, not add to it. Don't you think I know this? What does it matter to you anyway? Well, if she was my girl, I wouldn't have sent her away, and I wouldn't be hanging around here, Aiden said. I'm not hanging around. I'm getting work done. If she was in love with me, I wouldn't be letting the barley stop me from seeing her. What do you know about love, Aiden? You wouldn't understand, Kenneth said, wishing his brother would shut his mouth. I understand enough to know that I'd be with her before I left to fight a war. I can't be with her now there is too much to do here in Renton. Mother needs us, and we have to get things ready for father. Aiden shook his head, you're crazy, Kenneth. Arabella is rare, beautiful, smart, funny, she thinks the world of you, and here you sit cutting barley, getting ready for what, to go out and get yourself killed. Don't you see it, Aiden? Can't you see it? How many times has she had someone taken from her? How many times has her heart been broken? we are going off to war, and we might not come back. I still don't get you, Kenneth. Is your plan to spare her the pain of a broken heart by breaking her heart now? I'm sure she's thankful for that. What do you want me to do? Father is going to lead an army of Scots to fight a battle against those Viking bastards, and I'm supposed to leave my brothers and the others and run away with her. I'm not a coward, Aiden. Kenneth stood and grabbed his sickle. Aidan rose and met his brother. Kenneth, I'm not saying to run from the fight. I'm saying that it's been clear to me since you stepped into that field that you've had one thing on your mind, or should I say, one person. Clearly, your heart is somewhere else. Aidan paused and studied his brother. We don't know what's going to happen with you, or me, or father, or anyone, when we step into battle. But that doesn't mean you push away the girl that has gripped your heart since you were a boy, a girl that stares at you every time you enter a room. I'm going to ask again, what are you doing here when you may have only a measure of days ahead? Why aren't you with her? Aiden stared at Kenneth. Then he lifted his arm and mopped his sleeve across his forehead before speaking again. Kenneth, she's a marvel, with a heart of gold. I envy you for how she treats you, how she. I hear you, Aiden. Kenneth's anger swelled. I want to be with her, but when I look at her, It kills me to think of breaking her heart simply because I'm letting her get too close. You can't control everything, Kenneth. Let it go, let it go and live. Aidan held his gaze, glaring into his brother's eyes. He waited for Kenneth to say something, anything. Kenneth gave no reply. Aidan shook his head and turned away. He grabbed his sickle and walked back into the barley field, alone. Arabella finished her bath and robed herself in a tired cream-colored dress suitable for chores. She looked at herself in the mirror and ran a comb through her hair. Her eyes were sad. Her thoughts wanted to wander, but she wouldn't let them. She refused to think about the things she couldn't change. Water dripped from her hair as she pulled the wooden comb through her long locks, dampening the shoulders of her dress. She placed the comb on the dresser, wiped her eyes, and sighed. Then she walked away from the mirror. As she passed by the window in her room, she paused at the sound of muffled voices. She stepped to the window and peered out, but the voices had come from the front of the house and she could see no one from her side view. Arabella grabbed the wooden stool from the corner of her room and placed it below the window. As she stepped up, the stool tipped and she stumbled. After catching herself, she clumsily righted the stool and cautiously stepped up again. Slowly... She eased her head out the window, hoping to better hear the voices. I'm wondering if you're the cause or the cure. She's been trying to look helpful the last few days, but her smile is gone, Arabella heard her father say. She belongs in Renton. Being with Ina and the other girls would be the best thing for her, but she insists she doesn't want to be there. My guess is this has something to do with you. I didn't mean to bring her to this. I thought I could protect her by keeping my distance. I don't know what's ahead, and I didn't want to hurt her any more than she's already been hurt, she heard a second voice say. It was Kenneth. She was certain it was his voice. She withdrew from the window and went to the mirror. Her dress faltered on her shoulders, and she straightened it, then she pushed back her wet hair. Her hands trembled, and an antsy feeling rushed over her. She smiled for a moment, but then a wave of sadness hit. She fought back, refusing her fears. She wanted Kenneth to hold her again and tell her that he loved her. She wanted to feel the warmth of his chest, the steady sound of his breath, and the tight grip of his arms around her. Whether he held her or pushed her away, her heart would forever break if she lost him. Why not hold him for a moment and take the risk, rather than never hold him again? She wiped her eyes and promised herself she wouldn't cry. Hurrying back to the stool, she leaned out the window a second time. Kenneth, you know, as well as I the pain of loss. Arabella listened as her father spoke. I won't come between you two. This is something beyond me, something the two of you need to work through. But Kenneth, it won't be easy, love and war are hard enough by themselves, and they certainly don't get easier when they're mixed. I understand, Constantine, but I have to try. May I speak with her? Arabella gasped and leapt from the stool. She checked her reflection in the mirror and tried to press down the swelling below her eyes. Then she quickly ran the comb through her hair and rushed to the door. Kenneth stood at the door. He lifted his hand and formed a fist to knock. The door suddenly opened and Arabella emerged. She smiled. Her nose was red. Their eyes met. His heart sank. He knew she'd been crying. He'd never meant to hurt her. He reached for her hand. I'm sorry, he whispered. Arabella stepped forward, and she wrapped her arms around his waist and clutched him. Kenneth gazed down at her. Will you forgive me? She stared up at him. Yes, Kenneth, I forgive you. He smiled. Then will you come with me? She looked confused. Come with me, he said. There's something I want to show you. His request was like a small boy asking a small girl to come and see a hidden treasure. Her brow lifted and her expression turned to curiosity. It made Kenneth blush. You and me, Kenneth said. We'll take my horse, come, you have to see something. We'll be back before nightfall. He grabbed her hand and coaxed her. She took his dare and the two hurried to his horse. Arabella allowed her heart to hope. She allowed herself to be thrilled by the crazy boy who wanted desperately to show her his secret surprise. They passed Constantine as they ran. Father, may I go with Kenneth, we'll be home by evening. Constantine smiled. Go, enjoy yourself. I'll see you soon, he called back. Kenneth mounted his horse and then reached down, grabbed Arabella's arm, and lifted her up behind him. Arabella looked back at her father and called to him, I love you, papa. I love you too, darling. See you soon." Arabella found something soothing in the steady cadence of the steed. She held fast to Kenneth and gazed at the passing landscape as the two rode along the southern rim of Loch Lomond. The loch's surface lay placid, appearing as crystal under the radiance of the setting sun. Dalriada was rich in beauty. Arabella lost herself in its adornments, its rolling hills, timid locks, and green forests of pines, willows, and oaks. Arabella leaned her body into Kenneth's. Where are you taking me? You'll have to wait and see, but we have to hurry, Kenneth replied and shook the reins of his horse to spur the animal forward. Arabella enjoyed the moments holding Kenneth as he steered the horse across the sloping terrain. In time, they arrived at the foot of a tall, steep hill. Looking up, it seemed like a small mountain. The hill was south of Cashel and west of Renton. Arabella had seen the hill from a distance many times in the past but never up close, much less had she climbed it. The hillside was draped with thick, lush grass, dotted here and there with rocks and boulders. Kenneth dismounted his horse and surveyed the hillside. He craned his neck and scanned the sky. Dusk drew near, but the sun was still up, only it sat out of sight on the far side of the hill. Kenneth helped Arabella down, and then he tied his horse to a tree. Together, they began the ascent on foot. When do I get to see the surprise? Arabella asked between gasps of breath as they climbed. You'll see soon enough, Kenneth said. He reached out his hand and grabbed her palm, helping her past a patch of loose rocks. When the two were halfway up, they stopped beside a boulder jutting out from the sloping hillside. The boulder sat adjacent to two smaller rocks, forming a cave-like depression below their granite underbellies. Using the two smaller rocks as steps, Kenneth climbed to the top of the large rock. He turned and bent to help Arabella. Give me your hand, he said, and he lifted her up next to him. The two sat on the large rock and rested with their feet dangling over its edge. Kenneth pointed to the northeast and said, That's the way we came, we should be able to see Cashel from the top, if the skies are clear enough. Kenneth looked east at the hills in the distance. And see those two hills over there that almost come together. He pointed again with his finger. Renton is just beyond those hills. Arabella looked at Kenneth and smiled. She liked how he talked to her. Yes, I see them, she said. It's beautiful up here. Okay, enough rest. We have to get going if we plan to make it to the top in time. Kenneth hopped to his feet and peered at the sky. A swath of dull gray clouds crept along the northern horizon, and thunder echoed in the distance. Kenneth glanced at Arabella, still sitting on the rock. She seemed unsure. The thunder sounds far away, we'll be fine, he reassured her. Then he helped Arabella to her feet, and the two continued the climb. As they neared the summit, Kenneth paused to catch his breath. Arabella trailed just behind him. Let's hurry, he said. Arabella quickened her pace. On her third step, her foot clipped a buried rock, and she lost her footing. Ah! She cried. Kenneth reached for her and grabbed her waist to keep her from falling. I can't have you getting hurt. We haven't made it to the top yet, he said. He stepped in front of Arabella with his back to her and bent down. He pointed over his shoulder to his back, up you go. You can't carry me, it's too steep. Hush and get on, Kenneth replied. Holding Kenneth's shoulders, Arabella lifted herself onto his strong frame and folded her arms across his chest. Kenneth held her legs to his sides and began to climb the final stretch to the top. Taking long strides and letting his knees bend low as he stepped, he playfully bounced her on his back as he moved up the hill. Arabella laughed out loud, half thrilled and half terrified. She realized Kenneth had a way of making her feel that way. The two reached the top. The hill had been steep and daunting, yet its plateau was level and welcoming. It flourished with thick green grass and dense patches of clover. Kenneth set Arabella on her feet, and the two sat down on the soft ground. Arabella gazed out across the panoramic vista. It was filled with large mountains to the north and west and smaller foothills to the south and east. Together, they formed a circular valley that surrounded the hill like a castle moat. As Arabella surveyed the view, Kenneth settled his eyes on her angelic visage. The setting sun illuminated the smooth skin of her cheeks. Her long brown hair blew in the breeze and rested on her shoulders, dancing now and again with each gust. Her shirt rippled as the wind blew, flapping and pressing against her figure. She sat peacefully, clasping her hands together around her knees while staring off into the distance. Kenneth watched her. And he treasured her. Arabella slowly turned, ready to ask Kenneth of his surprise. It was then that she caught him, caught him staring at her with a boyish fascination. Her lips curved into the coy smile of a young girl, and Kenneth knew he'd been caught. He lay back in the grass and laughed aloud. Arabella leaned forward and swatted his leg. What are you looking at? She asked, already knowing the answer. Kenneth sat up. I'm enjoying the view. Is there something wrong with enjoying the view? He responded. No, nothing wrong with that, she said, and her smile widened. The view up here is worth enjoying, she replied, noticing Kenneth's unshaven face and the dimple in his chin. I brought you here to see something special, he said, working to change the subject. He glanced west into the distance. The timing has to be just right. It'll last for only a moment. I'm glad to say our time wasn't wasted, look over there, look at that. He lifted his hand and pointed toward the shrinking sun resting on the horizon. Arabella gazed at the sunset. The gentle beams of the western sun reflected off the bellies of the gathering clouds. The scene was like a painter's palette, strewn with fiery oranges and deep purples melded together in a sublime sight of glory. The magnificent tones burst forth and folded over the sleepy mountains of Dalriada. It's beautiful, Arabella whispered. Kenneth took her hand, Arabella, that's you. You are my sunset. When you are with me, I can't stop looking at you, and when you are away, I can't stop thinking of you. You, you captivate me. He held her eyes in his and refused to look away. Since the day I first saw you, you dazzled my heart. Your smile, your laugh, the silly things you say, you captivated me from the start. If I were given a single wish, I would wish that every day, for the rest of my life, I would wake to see you next to me and end each day the same. My one desire is to spend my life with you, to grow old with you. Arabella's eyes moistened. Kenneth extended his hand and touched her cheek. Arabella, only the Lord knows how many days we have in life, I want to give all of mine to you. Kenneth drew a deep breath and then he asked, would you be willing to take them? Arabella, I am asking you, will you take me, will you marry me? His pulse raced as the words left his lips. Arabella's heart erupted in her chest, Kenneth, yes, I will marry you. Yes, yes, I will marry you, and I will give you every day that is mine to give. A smile rose in Kenneth's eyes, and he slowly dipped his head and removed his gold cross necklace. Then he leaned toward Arabella, I want you to have this, as my promise to always love and keep you. He finished his words as he placed the cross around Arabella's neck. Arabella lunged forward and hugged him, and the two fell back into the soft clover. Wrapping his arms around her frame, Kenneth pulled her tight against his body. Arabella lifted her head and the cross of gold dangled from her neck just above Kenneth's chin. She gazed into his eyes. Kenneth grinned. I was sure you were going to say, no. His grin widened. She giggled and smiled back at him. Arabella, I love you with my whole heart, it will always be yours. He kissed her. She kissed him back and held him, letting her heart sing and never wanting to let him go. The sun set with only a remnant of light still hovering above the hills. Then a sudden crack of thunder bellowed in the darkening sky, closer than before. Goodness, Arabella said. My father, he'll be looking for me. We must get back. I don't want him angry at his future son-in-law, Kenneth teased. Let's go. He stood and lifted Arabella from the grass. They headed down the hillside, retracing their steps with what little light remained. The breeze intensified into a stiff wind and blew briskly against their backsides. Kenneth led and Arabella, keeping hold of his hand, followed close behind. The two continued down the hill, passing the large stone where they had earlier rested. A deep roar of thunder boomed overhead, and suddenly heaven released its waterfall. This came from nowhere, Kenneth shouted, lifting his palms as if catching the rain. If it continues, we'll never make it to the horse and back to Cashel in time. I think our only choice is to head back up a little and take cover under the large rock. Can't we make it home, if we try? It's too risky to keep heading down the hill, and we'd never make it riding the horse in the rain, not with night upon us. Arabella nodded and the two hurried back up the hill. They returned to the oversized rock and looked beneath its shelter. The nook was dry and would protect them from the deluge. Though there was little room for two, it was a preferable alternative to the drenching storm. Once settled in the nook, Arabella gave up on making it back to Cashel. They talked for a while about happy things before Arabella eventually laid her head in Kenneth's lap and closed her eyes. Kenneth sat with his back against the rear of the rocky shelter. He covered Arabella with his arms as she quietly fell asleep to the steady pitter-patter of the falling rain. Kenneth sat in the dampness of the dark night. He could faintly see the silhouette of his bride to be. Each time the lightning flashed, he caught another glimpse of the beautiful young woman who had promised to be his. How is she mine? he thought. He felt as though he was the most fortunate man in the world. There were no thoughts in his heart at the moment, save the thought of being with her. He ran his hand gently over her hair as she slept. He was intoxicated by her love for him, that she desired him as hers. And he marveled that she was his. His soul was the soul of a man finally content. He slowly nodded off to sleep. And the rain fell through the night.